When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you want an easy way to feel like a chef in your own home, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. Choose from an ever-changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family-friendly options, WW recommended, and more. Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com slash blueculinary. What is going on, Dave Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here in another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And we got another NFL divisional preview today, so we've got a special substitute teacher in helping me out. I called on the commish, Commissioner Yaz. Yaz joins us from the Game Day Network, the Game Day NFL, I guess more specifically. She's a big, big Cincinnati Bengals content creator and fan. In the last few years, she's a very up-close and personal look at the AFC North. So without further ado, we're going to preview the AFC North with Commissioner Yaz. All right, we are joined by Commissioner Yaz. I think that's the official title I'm going with. Commissioner Yaz from the Game Day. I guess you do work with both the Game Day NFL and NBA. Uh, but Yaz, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing so good. I'm happy to be here. Yes, that's me, Commissioner Yaz. Um, I am the commissioner of my fantasy football league, and that's how it all started. And it, people started calling me that, and I just ran with it. So that's my brand now. So commissioner is a heavy title. I got to ask, has there right. ever been like a point where like you really had to bring down the hammer as commissioner or anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something funny about that is that the, the league that I'm a commissioner in is with my uncles and cousins, all guys, my family, and they, they're very interesting. They argue a lot. We have to, we have to do a lot of voting because nobody can ever agree on anything. And my older sister has always told me, she's like, you need to take your power back and you just need to text them and say, this is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to be done. And you don't have a choice. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just not that type of commissioner. I'm for the people. I'm like, what do you guys want? So I don't know if I'm the best commissioner out there, but you know what? I will make everybody feel included. So that's all that matters. <laughs> the democratic commissioner. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very, very. I'm like, yeah, it's very funny because sometimes I know in my heart, I'm like, no, we should not change this. But then I'm like, well, my, 
my uncle Adrian really, really wants to change it. So maybe, maybe we should listen to him. And then the guys start arguing and I'm just sitting in the background. I'm like, "Ah, I don't think I'm a good good commissioner, (laughs) but it's okay. Um, I keep track of all the money and I do the hard work. So it's all right. Keeping track of the money. Speaking of money, the game day is sports betting, but it's also sports jokes, sports content. It's, it's gotten to where it's grown into all these other things. Can you talk to me in the audience some about what do you do with the game day, especially in the NFL, what that's what we're talking about today, but just right. what it, like you've got a lot of roles. So talk us through those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So the game day, incredible company, um, shamelessly plugging them. Everybody follow at the game day NFL specifically, but the game day has multiple accounts. We do create really great, fun sports content. I think that we try to take unique angles to everything and really ask like, the hard hitting fun questions that connect the fans and the organizations and athletes and stuff. But for the most part, I would say my role with the game day, I'm a full-time content creator for them. And the way I got introduced to the game day is they found my Twitter last year, which is where I create all my content. And they pitched me a show called ride with Yaz. And they, I had a meeting with them and something funny is they actually had DM'd me many times and I just didn't see it. And then finally, one day somebody said to me like, Hey, can you check your DMS? And I looked and I was like, Oh wow. They're like about to change my life. And I was just sitting here <laughs> ignoring it. But, um, yeah, so they pitched me a show called ride with Yaz, which is a sports betting show sponsored by a company called Betfred sports. And we go to, different NFL games all season and talk to the fans, hit the tailgates, find the best things to do in every city fully. I basically fully immerse myself in the culture of whatever team is playing that week. And I ask the fans who we're betting on what their locks of the week are, stuff like that. I place my own bets and then you come with me to the game and we ride those bets out. And it's a really, really fun show that I do with them. I'm very excited. We're getting ready to kick it off. I'm doing, I think it's 12 or 13 episodes this season. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a good time. 12 or 13 episodes when you're going city to city is going to be a lot of travel. It's, it sounds like oh, really yeah. fun stuff though. I, I got to ask recently through the game day NFL Twitter handle, I saw you're in New York city um, yes. with some I'll say interesting New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was that like? What, what, how, what'd you enjoy about the fans in that atmosphere? Cause New York is a city unlike any other. Right. So something funny is that I, the game day does the thing called fan on the street and they do it really well. And it's when creators like myself, um, a guy named Adam, TGD tabs, Joel will go out and you interview people, fans on the street, and you just ask them like, fun questions, which if you go to the game days, TikTok, they're all on there. They're really funny. A lot of these have gone viral. I did one last year. That was, what would you do for a Bengals Super Bowl? And the answers were just <laughs> outrageous. So yeah, they, that's something that they do really well. And I did that in New York during the NHL playoffs. And it was very, very difficult. New Yorkers did not want to give me the time of day. They were not friendly. <laughs> and so this time around, I was like, they had to drag me to the Yankees game. I did not want to do it, but I actually loved Yankees fans. They wanted to be interviewed. They were outlandish answers. They were just fun 
people to be around. And I was like, you know what? I'm being swayed to them a little bit. And then I interviewed a bunch of Giants fans for preseason Bengals Giants and Giants fans. You know what? They really love themselves and I commend (laughs) them for that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I had a really great time. There's definitely some characters. I did fan on the street uh, at I think it's Washington Square Park in New York one day. And that was very, very interesting. One of the guys tried to fight, uh, one of my coworkers. Um, yeah, interesting characters out there. So you just got to be careful, but you know what, if, if the content's good, then (laughs) that's a plus, I guess. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. You mentioned the Bengals TikTok going viral. You mentioned it was a giants Bengals preseason game. You're a big Bengals fan and it's frankly an exciting time to be an, yeah, it's exciting to be a Bengals fan right now. How did that get started? Are you a Southern Ohio native? Like what's the Bengals thing? Yeah. So this is a funny story because I get asked it a lot. And sometimes I'm like, I need to change my answer. It's too long, (laughs) but long story short, I grew up, um, always wanting to work in sports. I loved sports and it was kind of, it was hard to get anybody to take you seriously when you're a small girl that, you know, just, it's just different. And my brother-in-law who at the time was just my sister's boyfriend, he was really into fantasy football. And there was one season I was going into eighth or ninth grade and he had Mohamed Sanu and Chad Ochocinco. And (laughs) he would always watch Bengals games because he would watch them play. And I would just like sit there. He would always let me watch with him and I would sit there and watch. And this was back when Chad was doing all his uh, touchdown celebrations. And he was just so cool and fun. And I'm a pretty unique person, I would say. So get seeing somebody doing that on the field and just like everything he was coming up with, I started to just love them. Uh, I think it was like 2009, the Raiders played the Bengals in Oakland. And I'm actually from Northern California, born and raised in California. And uh, my brother-in-law said, hey, the Bengals are coming to town. Do you want to go see them? (laughs) And at that point, Twitter had just started. It was brand new. And Chad was really big on Twitter. And so I was like tweeting at him and stuff. And he tweeted out, uh, I'm going to be at Scott's in Oakland doing a fan luncheon. Anybody's welcome to come. And I told my brother-in-law, I was like, please, can you take me? So I went to go meet Chad. And this is the most embarrassing part of this story, but I have to tell you, you can't find Bengals stuff anywhere in California, especially at this point in time. And so I went to Walmart and I bought a black t-shirt and I bought iron on letters and I printed out Chad Ochocinco and I ironed it onto the back of my shirt and I printed out the Bengals logo and I ironed it onto the front of my <laughs> shirt. That is so ghetto. And, it's, but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I also awesome. like, I had like braces. I was just like this young, young girl. Like, it's just such a funny thing to think about now. The pictures will never be on the internet, but I have them. And <laughs> I went and I met him and he was so awesome. And we like wrote a rap together, like an actual like song rap. I don't know. It was a thing. And I told him he could keep it. And the next day after the game, he tweeted at me because I wrote my Twitter on the bottom of the piece of paper. And he said, cool rap. It's still in my pocket. And as a 14 year old girl that loves sports, that loves like the Bengals and what he was doing at that point in time, it just sealed the deal. There was no going back. And I have just been a diehard Bengals fan ever since. 
never looked back. Well, obviously, Ocho and I have not wrapped together, but I will say I've thoroughly enjoyed his Twitter presence for a long, long right. time. And he's awesome. He's just so creative and fun and spunky. Like, like he, it's not just the celebrations, but it's the Hall of Fame jacket. It's the he plays Uno to see who pays on dates. Like, he right? Does yeah. His McDonald's, <laughs> all that stuff. So, yeah, it was it was really it was a really cool experience and. When you're a Bengals fan in California, nobody, like everybody's so confused. So you have no choice but to own it. And so when I went to college, we were pretty bad. Uh, And when I was in college, I really just, I owned it. And it's cool now because sometimes people will see my Twitter and see that I have a lot of followers and people will always be like, you're not even from Ohio. You're just capitalizing on the team, blah, blah, blah. And I always pull out the receipts. I'm like, oh, you want to see? I've been a fan through the ups and the downs. And it is cool when people that I went to like high school and college with will reach out and be like, it's crazy what you're doing now because you were always the crazy Bengals girl. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm still a crazy Bengals girl. Let's go. <laughs> but Definitely. yeah, Cincinnati well- has a very special place in my heart. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But... You're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. We are doing a AFC North preview and so uh, that's why i reached out i was like oh a big Bengals fan she's fun this this would be a blast and and i'm glad we connected because you mentioned like the people think you're on the bandwagon now you have the receipts they kind of came out of nowhere in the last i say out of nowhere i guess you draft joe burrow that happens but like 18 months ago it was like cincinnati who cares whatever right cool helmets but like whatever right those and now they're in the super bowl and like you know Aaron Donald doesn't make the sack here or that, you know, they see chase oh, open so now field, right? Like so the whole world changes really fast. We, we're going to go in and dive in, in previewing this because the Bengals are first on our list. They won the division a year ago. And in previewing this, this is grading sports. That's the stick of the show. I guess I really want to say like, what grade are you anticipating the Bengals getting this season? Like, what do you think they're going to be? You know, I have really been going back and forth with this one all day today. And I, I'm going to give them an A. I really want to give them an A plus And I want to sit here and be like, <laughs> we're going to go back to the Super Bowl and we're going to win the Super Bowl. And here we go. But I'm going to just say an A because excellence is expected out of them moving forward. Our team got better, if anything. 
And it's going to be really hard to repeat what we did last season. It's going to be really hard to continue it. So I think that at the end of the season, if we can get there again, I'm grading them an A. That's 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 my hopes. That's what I think. I'm pretty confident in it. Well, so they made improvements among the offensive line. I think we can we can break down if we want to get like super like nitty gritty talking about pulling guards and that kind of stuff. Right. But whenever you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, like the like expectation you're talking about is clearly going to be high. You know, I'm famous for once upon a time. I said that Joe Burrow is good, but he had really good talent around him. And that helps a lot. And you know what the Bengals did to shut me up is they put really good talent around. (laughs) And so he's also really good. I I can admit that I was, you know, maybe a little jaded once upon a time, but having those kind of guys around him is impressive. Do you see leaps out of the guys that they had, or is it really just about the new guys? So I think leaps out of the guys that we had, but I think if we, if we really start with our offensive line, everybody went and talked badly about the Bengals all season. They can't do it. They don't have a good OL. Their OL is terrible. And you know what? They work. Joe Burrow had a lot of sacks. He, it was bad. It was really bad. But what, what everybody said was they need to improve the offensive line. And they went and they did that. And it's upgraded. They went out and they got Lyle Collins from the Cowboys. And he's come in and apparently has made a huge presence, not only in the locker room, but on the field. And we're excited to have him there. We got Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. Um, we really did upgrade multiple positions. And I think that these new guys are coming in and making an impact. But with that, it impacts Joe Mixon greatly. Because Joe Mixon already is one of the best running backs in the league. If you look at his stats, they are incredible. And you have to also take into account that he has never had a good offensive line. So for him to now have this OL, he actually did a interview recently where he was like, it's so different. And he said, it's gaping holes season. And I (laughs) took that and I ran with that. I was all over it on Twitter and people were cracking up, but it's true. Joe Mixon is such a powerhouse, and I think that he really gets a lot better. Um, We also have good depth in our running backs room, which I don't think that many people know about. Chris Evans had an incredible preseason. I think he's going to do really well as well, not only on special teams, but if we're able to put him in the game and on offense, um, obviously we have T Higgins, we have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, one of the best slot receivers in the game. Uh, We upgraded at the tight end position. CJ Uzama was great for us last year. He had a lot of really, really important plays for our team, but we went out and got Hayden Hurst and he's been looking really good as well. So I think all around, not only are the new players coming in and doing a really good job, the players that were there are all getting better because of the pieces that we've plugged in. Yeah, it seems to be a maturing team and they're totally doing the thing that NFL teams do where they take advantage of the young quarterback in the rookie contract, right? Like right. we got Joe Burrow. We got this window. We don't have to pay him a lot yet. And it's like, let's pay everyone else. Uh, yeah, let's, find, let's figure it out. Name. Yeah, it's completely what they're doing. And frankly, in it, it's a tough division. So we're going to keep working yeah. through it. Um, but it's also a division that when you come out of it, you're fairly battle tested. You probably play one or two playoff teams along the way a couple times on top of like a difficult schedule because they won the division a year ago. Do you think, this is a little bit off sidetrack, but yeah. do you think they've got a real shot to go back to the Super Bowl or is the hangover going to kind of set in? I, it's hard to be objective in these moments. <laughs> it's really hard to be objective. I think that there is a really, really high chance of them going back to the Super Bowl. And I say that confidently 
because our team only got better, not only on offense. I know offense gets all the shine, but our defense really was a huge part of us making it to the Super Bowl last year. And we also upgraded our defense. Our safety room, I can argue, is one of the best in the league right now. And I think that I think they are very capable of going back. When I look at it from the other side or devil's advocate, I would say, well, maybe last year teams weren't prepared for Jamar Chase. They weren't prepared, right? He was able to have these big breakout moments because they didn't know how to cover him. And now they do, but it's like, okay, but there's still T there's still Tyler. There's Hayden Hurst. There's other people. So it's like, you know, I think that even if one player takes a step or two back at any point, there is so many other pieces that can step up. I think that we can get to the Super Bowl. I think well, and we again, it's, it. it's a team that set that bar for themselves. We do need to transition into the rest of the division. It's a very talented division. And frankly, as a guy that currently lives in Dallas, um, honestly. I live in Dallas. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, You're we should talk in a non Should I pause or Small world, small well, that world, small worked world. out well. Um, all right, let's let's move into talking about Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, if you know, I'm I'm 31. If I look at Pittsburgh, I think of a team that has run that division for like the majority of my yeah. conscious life, right? right? And in a like what I would have thought was a down year last year, they finished second in the division at nine and seven. <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, yeah. So like nine, seven, and one, and like I feel like that's indicative of a great culture and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They don't have the roster Cincinnati has, but they seem to make up for it in other ways. What grade do you think Pittsburgh will be boasting about at the end of the season? Yeah. You know, I, I think we'll give them a B I made. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I don't, I'm, I don't grade people often. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with a B. The thing with Pittsburgh is Mike Tomlin is their biggest weapon, right? So you you say Pittsburgh doesn't have the roster that Cincinnati has. That's true. They don't, but they have Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin is the reason that they ended up second in the division last year. The thing that I scares me if I'm a Steelers fan is their offensive line. I think that that, and also their quarterback situation is kind of tough, right? Like Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Either one. Eh, okay. You got Najee Harris. Najee's probably going to carry a lot of the workload, but I just, I don't see them being like a Super Bowl caliber team again, because they don't have that roster, but I do see them doing well. I see them having like an okay season because Mike Tomlin is my, if there's a will, there's a way with that man. And I hate to say that as a Steeler, <laughs> as a Bengals fan, but it's true. And you know what? I'm just going to face it. It's true. He's very talented. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would probably give, give him a B. I think they're going to be second or third in the division for sure. Second or third in a very talented division. Um, their notable offseason pickup, I guess, would be Mitch Trubisky. Um, they also drafted <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Uh, I, for what it's worth, Mitch Trubisky was second overall pick in 2017. That just feels like a big mistake at this point. Right. Um, are you, are you thinking like, all right, we get to pick off Mitch a bunch of times this year, or is it like, is there anything you fear about that offense? Or as you mentioned, is it just, you got TJ Watt on the defensive side and you've got Tomlin running the whole show. Right. I think I'm not really scared of Pittsburgh for once in my life, uh, which literally this is the first time, (laughs) uh, the division games always get really tricky. I would say just 
the way that the emotions are high, you know, there's a lot more that affects the game than just skill, obviously. And I think that the Bengals and the Steelers have so much history that they're bound to be the times that we don't do well against them. But I could see, I will, will give Kenny Pickett some credit and I will say like, he is very highly doubted, but I would not be surprised if he comes out hot. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out hot and he's doing it well and he's playing well, but I don't think that that consistency will be there. And Mitch Trubisky was named the week one starter. So yeah, I mean, Jesse Bates, Dax Hill, Mike Hilton, Eli Apple, we're all over him. We're all over him. Von Bell. Uh huh. Who wants the first one? We're there. We're just handing out. We're handing out <laughs> balls. Who wants them? I have a bunch of corners ready, safeties, everybody ready to take them. I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting season for the Steelers. Well, and it's a team that doesn't ever truly rebuild, but it's as close as I guess they're going to get anytime soon. You get to see them in week one. And unless something really shocking happens, I feel like I'd probably be more worried about week 11 once they've kind of figured stuff out, yeah. you know, a while later, but week one will be fun. <laughs> right. Well, and another thing too, that I was thinking about, and I had been talking to a few other people about this is they played their starters in the preseason. We did not, we, we did, we were not playing games with injuries. We didn't Joe Burrow just had his appendix taken out. We, we don't have time. I am a little nervous and I cannot believe I'm admitting this that our starters, our entire starting offense has not been on the field together yet besides practice. That does make me a little nervous. When the Steelers started playing their starters in the last preseason game, I knew, I knew they're preparing for the Bengals. I know what they're doing. They're there to try to get ready for us. We'll see. Well, and to be fair, the game is, I guess it's in some ways it's a home game, which is nice. Yeah. more likely to be like muggy and gross and it's not quite Northern Kentucky. It's still in Ohio, I guess, technically, but as opposed to like playing in Pittsburgh in week 11, week 11. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cold, right? That's November, you know, burr. So I guess Pittsburgh is always tough. Weirdly Pittsburgh being in this quasi rebuild is like not the biggest story in the AFC North. Um, You've got this other team in Ohio <laughs> and um, and we could talk as much or whatever directions about Cleveland as you want to go. But first, I want to know right. what kind of a grade are you thinking the Cleveland Browns get at the end of the season? I think the Cleveland Browns, I'm teetering somewhere between C plus and B minus. There's a lot of question marks. Like I see the Browns helmet logo and then I just see question marks everywhere around it. Their roster isn't terrible, right? They have a lot of talented people. They have a good defense. I just, I just don't know how it all clicks. Sometimes they say like, oh yeah, the outside drama, the outside noise, we don't pay attention to it. We're locked in, blah, blah, blah. But I don't buy that. I know that all the outside noise is getting to them. And I, it'll be, I, it'll be very interesting to see how their season comes together Uh, I did a poll yesterday, or I just asked a question yesterday on my Twitter. I said, who has the best defense in the AFC North? And I was surprised by how many people said Cleveland. But yeah, I would say C plus, B minus, somewhere around there to to be determined as we dissect. Well, and I'm interested to see, like, when you say C plus, B minus, like, what X... So, like, y'all get to see them in two very different lights as I look at the schedule. Um, Y'all see them in week eight. Halloween. Right, Halloween, fun night. And they will have a different quarterback when I'll 
assuming a few yeah. weeks later um when you see them in week 14 and you know I would think Cincinnati is probably favored in both matchups but certainly the first one you almost feel like you don't want to show all your cards because something right. else could be coming at the other end uh, you mentioned the defense in both matchups they will have Miles Garrett presumably and they'll, you know yeah. so like that's also problematic um when you look at this Cincinnati, at the at this Cleveland Browns team what like what what do you see the season going like will it be a dramatic change when Deshaun Watson's suspension is up and he comes in obviously they're going to face a lot of like as much booing as I think a team will face on the road because everyone has very intense emotions about Cleveland bring in Deshaun in the first place right right um what where do you see their season overall heading because they do have a handful of talented players but it's a tough division and all those things Right. The division is tough. And I think that obviously strength of schedule will play into this as well, but I think that Cleveland will win games. They'll, they'll be able to stay in the conversation, but I think that they have like issues on offense, obviously with their quarterback situation and then like depth at wide receiver. Uh, Obviously they have Nick Chubb for the run game, which is incredible, but I don't, it just feels like there's so many moving parts right now for them that nothing is really solidified. So it's hard to tell how it'll all, how the board falls. Right. But I think that Deshaun didn't have, I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I don't remember him having like a great preseason when he did get to go on the field. I'm pretty sure that Twitter was just lighting him up about not playing great. So as great of a quarterback as Deshaun Watson is, can you just come and plug him in after his suspension and hope that it all clicks? I don't think that that will happen. Well, and, you know, obviously he's facing as much scrutiny as like the crowd will feed on every one of those bad decisions in a way that they might not do to even a guy like Baker Mayfield is very much a love him, hate him kind of guy for Cleveland, but like no one booed him in the way they're going to boo Deshaun and the right. Browns when they come There's, to town. There was a video circulating of them like yelling chants at him, like cussing him out and stuff at during the preseason game. And I wouldn't be surprised if that continues to happen at every stadium they play at. So terrible as that is for everybody else on the team, I think that, that it will affect them. So I don't know. I, I honestly feel bad for Brown fans right now it is a tough time to stick by your organization there's a lot going on over there but um I do think they will win games I think that they do have a good enough roster to win games I don't think that this is their season I think maybe just you know take it take it slow right under the radar and just just let's move on (laughs) (laughs) when they've got Jacoby Brissett and he's a normal backup um it, it does feel like a situation Every team has had this again. I'm in Dallas. I guess you're also in Dallas. Um, But the Bengals as well. Every franchise has had guys where like you're really just rooting for the laundry on the field, not necessarily what's going on. Right. That's got to be a hard spot for Browns fans to be in right now. Right. So that's why I think that when I grade them like C plus B minus, it's more about (laughs) it's more about them overcoming everything going on. If that makes sense. I'm like, I'm like, just write it out. Just write it out. I'm like, Browns, I feel bad for you. Just get, get over the hump. Keep going, keep pushing. Look to next week. You'll figure it out. If you win more games than we expect, then we'll give you a B minus, but just (laughs) C plus for just like staying, staying in the conversation. (laughs) All right. So if Deshaun Watson is a polarizing quarterback, I'll say that to be not, he doesn't need me to be nice, but (laughs) if Deshaun Watson is a quarterback that people are certainly talking about off of the field, 
Lamar Jackson is very polarizing quarterback. People can't stop talking about on it. Uh, the Ravens came in last in the division a year ago. We're not so far removed from Lamar Jackson winning an MVP award. And so I feel like they still have high expectations. I think it's interesting to go on and on, but yes, I want to hear what's your grade. What do you think the grade will be on the Baltimore Ravens come season's end? Ah, I keep saying this is hard, but this is hard because the Ravens are very, very unique offense, right? So looking to the end of the season, I'm like, they're either going to get a B plus or they're going to get a D like there's no in between it's one or the other. Um, I think, Hmm. They did finish at the end of the bottom of the division last season. And that was due to injuries for the most part, but their quarterback situation is a little, you know, they haven't paid Lamar. So what happens if they don't pay Lamar? Who knows that then we give them a D. So <laughs> let's talk about that. They haven't paid Lamar. Obviously your quarterback situation is dramatically different as a Bengals fan, but you also right. have a young up and coming quarterback who, has had a major knee injury, like like that. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's not quite as impactful on how he plays, but he's had one. Can you imagine if in a couple of years the thing was like, you know what, we're not going to pay you yet. We got to see more. Yeah, <laughs> like- I would lose my mind. There's no way they're about to like they're about to change the city of Cincinnati to the city of Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow is our golden child. There is absolutely no way that they don't pay him. I know the Bengals will do that, but if they were to do what the Ravens are doing right now, Cincinnati would not be happy. We would not be okay with it because now it's gotten to the point where it gets a little awkward. Lamar's on Twitter, like they're airing out the business a little bit. Fans are getting involved. He's people are saying he turned down 250 million, whatever. He's like, they never offered me that, you know, things are just like now the drama's coming into it. And I think it's getting a little tricky. I think that maybe, I don't know if I, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm a little nervous. It's tricky. I have to admit, I laughed at the Twitter banner where it said that yeah. I need money. Like I was like, Yeah. I mean, you have money. You might have as much you want, but like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, uh, that was pretty funny. I think you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have this unique offense, and you know, it's also fantasy football season, Kamish. And yep. some of that stuff is really fun, right? Like Lamar Jackson's a really interesting fantasy quarterback. Their tight ends are like high value fantasy tight ends, and their running backs because they're gonna run the ball so much and so on. What do you think about this uh, this offense as someone in the division? And do you think they can be successful with it like they were a few years back? Or is it was that just kind of a one-hit wonder kind of thing? I don't know if they can be as successful as it was in the past as far as their offense. I mean, they traded away Marquise Brown. The next man up is Rashad Bateman, right? So there's kind of like a weakness in their past game. The depth isn't really there. And then I would say... As far as the run game, there's Lamar and Dobbins. I guess they have Mark Andrews. So I guess if 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 we're like looking at the Ravens and we're like, what is our threat on offense? It's really just Mark Andrews and J.K. Dobbins. And, and if and you're teams know that going in, say, then you're not scared by any of that. You don't seem <laughs> you're, you're no. very much like man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mark Andrews is is great. He's probably one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in the division. And I'll give him that. But I mean, 
if Cincinnati goes in there with the game plan to stop the run game and cover uh, Mark Andrews, then who do they really have left? They have Lamar scrambling around, but you know, you can't win multiple, multiple games off that way. You can't get to a Super Bowl that way, I don't think. But I might just be biased because I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> but I, I do, I do think that John Harbaugh, I mean, good coach. They, they do a good job at working with Lamar and like feeding into his strengths. But I just don't know if like the weapons are around him to help him get the job done. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like, I think it's cool that they built this whole offense around this, this kid. And like, it's really played to his strengths. And as he's grown up, you've seen it change a little here and there, but it's like, I, I can't understand getting rid of Marquise and then also not paying Lamar. I, like yeah. I think you're getting rid of him. So you must be using that money on the quarterback. And then they're not doing that either. Um, we haven't talked about the defense at all there's a certain generation of football fan that can't think of Baltimore without thinking about their defense. Right. Right. Um, are you thinking the Bengals put up a thousand points on them or why, why, why haven't <laughs> we talked about them yet? Yeah. So I don't, yes, I, I am fully expecting the Bengals to put up a thousand points on every team. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. We're getting a touchdown for Mixon, T Boyd, Hayden Hurst, whoever wants to touch down Lyle Collins, you want to touch down? Here's the ball. Let's go. We're all, we're all getting after it, but um, I do think that again, it's those division games, the division games always get tricky. The teams know each other so well, the coaches know each other so well, game plans are a little different when it comes to divisional games and it is against a different division, I would say. So the Ravens always kind of seem to have a plan for the Bengals, but I think the Bengals will come out on top both times for sure. Well, and they play one time at the end of the season, I guess. It, so they, they play week 18. And I guess technically like the Bengals, if they have stuff locked up, might not play everyone. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's still it's still a situation where unless Cincinnati is, sit, is legitimately sitting Joe Burrow, I imagine they're still a more talented team. Do you think Baltimore finishes at the bottom of the division again? And oh, first of all, I guess, do they finish at the bottom of the division again? I think the – Yes. Yeah. So I want to say the Browns, right? I want to say the Browns. You look at this entire offseason and you say, oh, wow, the Browns have had a terrible, terrible time. They're finishing fourth. But the way that the world and the universe works, there's no way. There's no (laughs) way the Browns finish last. There's just no way. It does not happen. They will find a way to be second or third. I think Mike Tomlin keeps the Steelers in there. I, the Ravens, I'm sorry. Take your seat at number four again. So what, so if you're the Ravens, yes. what do you do? you got this great young quarterback. You built this whole team around him. You come in fourth into division twice. Cincinnati has a young quarterback. Cleveland has a young quarterback. You know, Pittsburgh is probably looking for a next quarterback. If Kenny Pickett works out, it works out, right? Like, what yeah. do you do? If you're the Ravens, you pay Lamar, and then you really build around him as far as the playbook, you, you really, after you pay him, you're like, how are we going to back to that MVP season? What do we do? How do we really, really highlight Lamar? Because honestly, he's, he's the magic piece in that offense. Uh, and then as far as defense, well, stop the other team from scoring some points. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta find a way. Gotta find a way. I don't know how, but figure (laughs) it out. Good luck. I'm going with the Bengals of the Super Bowl. I don't care what you're doing, Ravens. (laughs) This division, do you see it being a one or two playoff team division? Oh, the AFC is so good this year. The AFC is so good this year. Um, I think 
it could shake out the same way as last season where it's two. The Steelers had the wild card. I think, I think they did. I don't know. I was too, I was too engulfed by the Bengals. <laughs> um, I say the AFC West is probably the best division in the AFC, right? I, I feel like they're, they're pretty talented over there. Yeah. I think maybe one to two Bengals for sure. And then I think the Steelers find a way to squeeze in there or, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns find a way to be that like wild card game and get in there and everybody and everybody, every sports fan is like, what in the world is going on? And Cleveland's just like, our time has come, but then they don't make it. They don't make it past that round. They don't make it to playoffs. It just ends right there. But yeah, I don't know. I just think there's so much talent in the AFC right now that I'm not sure that the AFC North sends too many teams. Well, and then I was going to ask if you had my last question I've been wrapping up these with has been, do you think you have a Super Bowl contender? And you clearly do. <laughs> I do. The Cincinnati Bengals. You know why? Because I think everybody thinks it's going to be the Bills or maybe the Chiefs. The Chiefs, uh-uh. We already, we pulled open the curtain and we said, this is who they really are. Let us show you. Uh, so not worried about them. I think the Bills, I really like the Bills, right? I like Josh Allen. I like their defense. Von Miller comes in. They're Stefan Diggs. They just, they're good. They're a really good team. But here's what I tell people about the Bills. Their time is running out. If they don't do it this season, they're done. Because you can only be so good for so long without making it happen, right? I think my Super Bowl contender for the AFC is the Bengals. I do. I think the Bills are great, but I just something's not going to it's not going to shake out that way. Well, and I mean, again, like you're you're just assuming that there's only thing I see in their way would be a Super Bowl hangover. The Bills and Chiefs are right. good. Um, they don't have to play in the AFC West. There's a number of things working in that direction. Yes, you'll be talking about the Bengals and all of the NFL all season long. Right. You're on a lot of different places as far as where people can find you and your content and those where where are those places what do you want to plug where can people find you to talk to you about the Bengals and the AFC and all that thank you yes anybody that wants to talk about the Bengals, come to me I'm ready I'll I'll take the smoke or I'll <laughs> raise them up whatever you want to do I would say the main place to find me is on Twitter that is where I post all my stuff at Commissioner Yaz on Twitter I do tweet about other teams they just aren't as popular so for the most part it will be Bengals content but I have a series called pep talks with Yaz and I drop that every week before the Bengals game. And this season we're kind of shaking it up a little bit. You heard it here first. It's going to be more of a game preview. So if your team happens to play the Bengals this season, I'll be doing a two minute breakdown, quick game preview, both sides of the ball, what to look out for, what each team should be nervous about this, that, and the next on my Twitter and on my TikTok as well, which is at Commissioner Yaz. Uh, you can come hang out at my Instagram, but it's more just my personal stuff. I like baking. I like taking pictures. Uh, I don't know. My Instagram's more personal, but I do share some content on there. And also follow the Game Day and the Game Day NFL, both on Twitter and Instagram. They'll be sharing all my Ride with Yaz stuff, which is if you like sports betting, Ride with Yaz is a really fun show to follow. So yeah, I would love any and all new followers and I'm pretty interactive. So I hope to make new friends this season. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, it's first thank of all, you. cool to find out you live in Dallas, but also it's right. good to talk about football and football seasons around the corner. And it's, it's all about to start off. So it's really real fun. Can't wait. Go Bengals. <laughs>
All right, friends, if you're prepared and ready to watch the AFC North play football this fall, football is around the corner. Thank you again to Commissioner Yaz. You can follow her at Commissioner Yaz on Twitter. All her content is with at the Game Day NFL. And I guess when we get to basketball season, it should be at the Game Day NBA as well. So make sure you go give them a follow and check her out on YouTube and TikTok and all the wonderful things. This show is also on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN sports 2. It's F-I-N-S-P-U-R-T-S number 2. All one word. On both of those social media handles, we go to the link tree in the bio and find all of our sponsors like InTheClutch.com, Yeti, The Beard Struggle, etc. You'll also be able to find a link to our merch store for September. We are pushing our Flunk Alzheimer's t-shirt. All proceeds go to the Alzheimer's Association. We're trying to end Alzheimer's as quickly as possible. It's a disease that impacts a lot of people across this country each and every day. So we're going to try and help Flunk that by sending all proceeds to the Alzheimer's Association. If you're looking for me and my personal stuff you can find me on twitter and instagram at painsworth 512 that's p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h-512 on twitter and instagram i'm posting all the things i'm recording things i'm writing losses i'm taking on sneakers uh stuff about houston rockets texas longhorns etc as we get ready for football season i'm doing some fancy stuff as well so make sure you check me out on twitter and instagram at painsworth 512 if you're looking to support the show for free you can download you can give us a five-star rating give us a positive review do all the wonderful things to help with the show And whatever you do, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply.